welcome to the Excuse Me Podcast. I am Vicki Guerrero, your host, and I am so excited that we are here this week with another exciting guest. I want to remind everyone to please go to your favorite podcast platform and click, like, subscribe, download, play, all those good things so that my podcast can be on your queue whenever we have a new and exciting guest each and every week. Now, let's take a listen to this week's guest. Excuse me! Hey everyone! Welcome to another exciting episode of Excuse Me Podcast. And today, I am so honored to have this amazing guest a second time on my show because she's not only talking about her wrestling career as we did the first uh, time around, but we are talking about how she has turned into a distinguished publishing artist, a writer, I mean, an author. She is getting her hustle even faster than last time that we talked to her. Everyone, please welcome Taylor Hendricks. Hi, Taylor. Hello. Oh, my. I, I, I just need you around me all the time to just be my amazing hype woman. You are fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. I, I, I do love your energy as well. And I just think that, um, you know, looking at you, you keep changing your look and your background. And I think that is so uh, amazing to me and just gets my energy going because our business is about evolving and changing all the time. And you are nothing short of changing your hustle in different speeds. The last time I talked to you um, and you were on my uh, podcast on the first season, um, we talked about you being a wrestler and a valet, and we touched a little bit about you being a writer. So this episode, you have done some amazing projects with children's books. And now we're going to focus on your writing career that's been happening. Um, tell us how COVID has affected you with your writing, because it looks like it's doing pretty darn good for you right now. <laughs> I know. It's like what we were saying uh, right before the podcast airs. It feels so odd to say that, you know, uh, you feel so blessed during a pandemic and, and, and whatnot, but it's really provided me the opportunity for self-growth and improvement, honestly. And I can safely say that I have never been more free with my authenticity or more passionate. Um, the pandemic has honestly given me the free reign to expand on all these talents and dreams that I possessed that, you know, a bunch of people throughout my life ever told me that I would never be able to do or accomplish. So um, the pandemic really provided me that avenue, which is amazing. I feel incredibly blessed. <laughs> that, that is just so inspiring to me. Now, the last time I had you on my show, we touched a little bit on the writing. Now, were you working on these children's books uh, during the first time I had you on my show or I'm not, I, I wasn't sure if it was, I'm sure it was a children's book you're working on, but was that the writing you were talking about? Because we didn't get into that at all. We were focusing on your wrestling career and, and being a valet and, and of course your podcast show. Yes, um, I had actually just, uh, I was fiddling with my first book. And what's really funny about that is when we were speaking, I was getting, I was kind of in the middle of finishing that book and getting, getting it ready for publishing. And the first book that I published was called It's Not Easy Being a Sloth by Taylor <laughs> Hendricks. And sloths are one of my favorite jungle animals besides Black Panthers. And so I was really excited to publish that book. And what's very interesting was that was the newest out of all the books that that I was working on. And since then, I have now published three and um, I'm working on my fourth right now. <laughs> so let me ask you, what got you into writing a, a children's book versus maybe a book that would have focused on the adult demographics? Well, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I started wrestling when I was like freshly 17 years old legit like a couple months after my 17th birthday i i went to an independent wrestling show for the first time with uh, i had someone take me because i didn't really know the scene i didn't really know what it was i just knew i loved wrestling like my family was always like oh it's a phase she'll grow out of it um, sorry mom no <laughs> Oh, honey. And um, so the, the person that took me to the indie show was actually the first person that told me I had it. And they didn't know what it was, but they knew I had it and that I was going to be a star someday. 
And unfortunately, that person died a couple of years later and never really got me to, never got to see me grow into my fullest potential as a human being, not just, you know, as a wrestler or a valet or, or a woman, but in essence, just a human being. And so over time, a lot of my friends have passed away. And that's really sad because, you know, we're still very young. And so I feel like that really kind of gave me a different outlook on life and also kind of made me sit down and go, hmm, is this the person I want to be? Is this my most authentic self? Um, If it's not, what am I going to do to change it? You know, when I look around and I look around me, do I like the view I see? And if I don't, then what am I doing about it? Because I'm not a, a tree with roots stuck in the ground. So I can get up and go anytime I want to, right? So at 17, when I started wrestling, wrestling was kind of like the forefront, but I had always loved motion pictures. I had always loved reading books and writing and acting. And so wrestling for me was like the Mecca because it's all of those things. (laughs) I was a varsity athlete and I was a tomboy growing up. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup. Um, I didn't, I didn't own makeup and eyelashes and curling irons and stuff. Like, that's really funny, like looking at me, but it's because I had to learn all of that. You know, I got grounded for wearing mascara which is like the most basic of makeup um and so writing was something that intrigued me about wrestling acting and the athleticism and the traveling and the performing of wrestling was that's what all attracted to what I was attracted to basically and so then writing it was kind of easy, right? Because, you know, you have the storylines, you have the gimmicks, the character synopses, the, the, the promos even. And so writing was just kind of second nature to me in acting and obviously athletics. Um, but then as wrestling went on and on, I felt like, you know, there's only so many times you can hear people tell you that you are a POS, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Or that you are devoid of anything that resembles talent and just basically just nothing but negativity there's only so much a person can take of that before they start to believe it about themselves and that's kind of Vicky honestly I haven't I I I think that more people need to hear this from people so they can admit it to themselves like being a part of someone else's survival guide right so I was like wow I'm believing this stuff about myself is that what I deserve and If it's not, then what am I doing to change that narrative? You know, am I being the best that I can be to the point where I'm a doppelganger of who I used to be? Because if you're going to win at life, you need to grow, like you said, and evolve. And so I decided that, you know, a pandemic, perfect time to bet on myself and believe in myself when no one else will and cheer for myself in the silence, you know, and just hustle. And so now I'm publishing all kinds of books that started in various different times in my life. Um, My second book, A Fish with a Wish is Trish. I actually started in the sixth grade. Um, (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and the and then the newest book I just published, which I'm I'm so incredibly proud of and immensely grateful for, is Nosy Rosie and the Secret Surprise. And I started that when I was in TNA Impact Wrestling. And then I kind of dropped it, gave up on it, picked it up again when I went to WWE for my tryout in 2015 dropped it again, um, gave up on it and just gave up on most of my goals when I was at Ring of Honor. And then, you know, after that experience, I was like, you know what? Now's my time. It's on my terms, according to me. And that's, that's how it's going to be. I'm going to be free with my authenticity. I'm going to dare to be revolutionary. And I'm going to do all the things that I I've ever wished to do for my life since I was 13 years old and I wrote down all of my dreams on a piece of paper and writing was one of them. And when I started wrestling, to circle back to the beginning of your question, uh, when I started wrestling, it wasn't that long after that, that I started working for the YMCA with kids. I was a camp counselor and then I gradually worked my way up to a site coordinator at their elementary school locations. And then at one point, I even worked my way up even further to become a preschool teacher. And so it's really interesting because everything I ever experienced in wrestling and in my life up until that point, Vicki, I was learning that just if, if, if the, the world would be such a better place, basically, Vicki, in my opinion, if we learn the lessons that I was learning in my late 20s and early 30s, if I learned those lessons when I was a kid, and that's when I was realizing as a teacher that small minds 
kill more dreams than the act of people going out into the world and trying to fulfill their dreams. And so I want to be a part of that change. And that's why I started with children's books. And I'm already working on some adult books that I'm super proud of that I started in high school. So I know that was really like, but I was just so excited to share that. (laughs) That's amazing because, you know, in these days, well, especially with the pandemic, the it seems like the kids are a huge focus because they've been deprived of education. They've been deprived of being with their friends and then to be in, in their school atmosphere, which they they're used to, you know, when they, before the pandemic, you know, they go to school, they have activities. And so what I wanted to ask you was in your children's books, what are the lessons? What are the things that you're trying to relate for the parents to go out and buy these books that that's going to make a difference for their child reading it at home? Um, my hope for these books is that the adults that are buying them, um, whether I've had um, parents of different ages buy my books, so some of them have toddlers, some of them have eight-year-olds. So that's a, that's varying degrees of mental capacity and understanding, right, of the world and experiences. So my hope is that the parents that are buying these books and potentially reading them to their kids or sitting by while their child reads the book themselves is that they both get something out of it. Because I don't think that, and and I think you can speak to this even more so than me, I don't think you're ever necessarily too old or too far gone in the world to change who you are, decide to bet on yourself and believe in yourself and to change your life around. I think that decision takes five minutes to decide that you deserve better and that you can be better and that the child you used to be who made way for you to grow up and be an adult in the world deserves your 100%. And so that's one of the things that I want adults to get out of this book. And the kids, I want them to understand that they are not what society says, and they don't have to follow society's rules that rush their timelines with, after high school, you immediately have to go to college and get yourself into this much debt. You have to buy a starter home that puts you into this much debt. You have to be married by this age, have kids by this age. You have to buy this car, have this much money, have this many followers. You have to have a blue check mark in order to matter. I want to squash all of those things and, and let kids know that their dreams matter because they matter and when others say your dream is impossible that's when you have to find the I'm possible in your dream and I had to go through that myself to fully understand these life lessons that I'm trying to put into these children's books in a way that's relatable for both young children and adults so that maybe they can simultaneously be inspired you know at the same time if that makes sense uh, it makes total sense and you know, we both can relate on that same level of, you know, with society, how they judge us being in the wrestling industry, not only for that, but for being a female and how we look and how we dress and how we speak. I mean, it seems like society is so easy to judge everyone from the outside and they don't even yes. know a person personally. And I think that that's just even exhausting to me. And I'm, I'm, you know, I've been 20 years into this, you know, uh, career that it just seems ironic and uh, a shame and just a sad situation that people can judge people just by looking at us and they don't even know who we are or what we're about or what makes us cry and laugh and, and you know and, and and function every day. I could not have said that better. If I had my microphone hooked up right now, I literally would have dropped it at the risk of it breaking. Like people don't understand, like be kind does not mean you are weak. It is, it's so hard to be kind to somebody when all you want to do is punch them in the bloody face until they resemble a squashed grape. It's so hard. It's so hard. And yet it's like, people just don't, like you said, they only see the outside, you know, my whole career, I never felt beautiful, my entire wrestling career. And that's, that's insane because, you know, towards the latter part of my career, all I would hear is, oh, you're just a pretty face and all this stuff. And I, I remember thinking, is that how people view me? Yeah. I was like, I feel like I look like Gollum from Lord of the Rings when I wake up in the morning. Oh my God. You know? <laughs> I I had such terrible mental self-talk and that was one of the things for self-improvement, right? And it's like, but people just automatically assumed that I thought I was this and that and the other. And I was like, no, I was never confident in my own skin. I 
I, it was so, it was so terrible. Like I was a completely different person. Even six, I was a completely different person even six months ago. Never mind three, four, five, and six, and seven years ago. My goodness, I don't even know that person anymore. But it, it's, you were so spot on. People just look at the outside and think, oh, well, that person has it all figured out. Oh, that person's amazing, or that person's this and that and the other. And it's like, mm, maybe turn that yeah. finger in on yourself a little bit and do like put your own insecurities in check before you try to project project them onto other people <laughs> amen sister that is so true now for people that are looking at, that are listening to this podcast and they have kids what let's tell them a little bit about each book so they can maybe get an interest and they want to order this for their kids what is the book um it's not easy being a sloth what is the 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 plot of the story and what's the lesson in this in this particular book Thank you for asking. I'm so excited to dish on this. I can't talk about it enough. So It's Not Easy Being a Sloth and my other two books, A Fish with the Wishes Trish and Nosy Rose and the Secret Surprise are all available as eBooks. I wanted to keep the cost very low, especially during a pandemic. And I also have the, um, I'm, I'm uploading them for free on my YouTube channel as audiobooks as well, just because it's not just about the money. It's also just about getting the message out there and making sure parents don't feel limited um, You know, if, if funds are tight. So with that being said, It's Not Easy Being a Sloth is the first installment of my children's series that I started creating when I was in TNA. And the series is called um, <laughs> A Long Book of Shorts of Sorts, The Fantastical Nonsensical Adventures of the Furred Kind, starring the furred herd. <laughs> And it's basically about a group of animals. I know it's so cute, right? <laughs> I love Dr. Seuss. <laughs> it's, really um, it's about all of these animals who come together in sort of a club and they call themselves the furred herd. And all of them go on their own individual adventures of trying to basically journeys of self-discovery and figuring out who they are and realizing that they and their dreams matter. And just because other people say it's impossible, that's when they have to find the impossible in their dreams. And that's what's so fantastical and nonsensical about the fur herd is you have a sloth, you have a fish, you have an elephant, you have a pig named Piggy Sue. They're all different shapes, different sizes, different animals, scales, feathers, furs, gills, and every other such thing. But they're all friends and they're all lifting each other up and supporting each other and helping each other, you know, ignore the negative noise, so to speak, and go after who they want to be in the world. So Sully embarks on this adventure of creating his own opportunity to fill his dream when everyone for years has told him no. Now, everybody in their life has heard the word no. Yeah. Sometimes that's a blessing and we don't realize until years later. But for Sully, this no is one of the worst possible things. He is one of the happiest animals in the jungle. And his dream despite being a sloth, is to be the first ever sloth race car driver. And it's, <laughs> oh it's not easy being a sloth, is his journey on how he does that, on how he improves himself and goes after his dream with just the barest hint of an opportunity that he grasps and takes a hold of and makes sure that he gets the most out of it in order to fulfill his dream. Wow, okay, so let's talk about so all of, all of these books that you're writing are, are going to be, they're completed within the series that you've created, which is that long, nonsensical word, correct? Yes. And they're Gosh, all about the animals. And that's right. It all started when I was teaching creative writing for fifth and sixth graders. And we created a fantastical, nonsensical newsletter. And I was wow. like, this is such a great idea. Let me turn this into a book series. And that's exactly what I'm doing like yes, 10 so years later. Okay, so tell us about the fish with a wish is Trish. Now, what is her, what does she try and do in that book? A fish with a wish is Trish chronicles the story of a fish whose head is always in the clouds. She is always looking up from the pond in which she lives, dreaming of flying high in the skies, above trees, and through the breeze. She dreams of being the first ever fish pilot. And oh her gosh. challenge is the fact that she is a fish. She needs water to breathe. She needs water to go over her gills. But her dream, in spite of the fact that nobody in the pond understands why she's not satisfied with just being in the pond in which she lives in, 
she wants to fly high in the skies. And so everyone, once again, keeps telling her no. She figures out, you know what? I was so happy for my friend, Sully. I was there the day he won the race in the jungle. What am I doing? You know what? Let me sit down and write a letter after letter after letter and apply to every school I can, large or small, far or near. And months and months and months go by and she receives letter after letter after letter saying no. Until one day she gets this impossible letter that she didn't even want to open until her family forces her to open it. And she's like, <sighs> she's just resigned for, you know, it's going to be another no, right, Vicky? Yeah. No, it's not. She gets a letter saying if she can design a plane that she talked about in her letter and have it finished in such a short period of time before the annual flying race, um, they will give her an opportunity to join the Jungle Flight Academy. Oh and so God. she has to go to work <laughs> with everybody's help in the jungle and build a plane specifically for fish. The first ever fish plane flown by a fish pilot. That's incredible. I mean, how cute is that where it's actually letting the kids be, you know, picture themselves in these incredible books and have that motivation that they can do something that they're going to want to wish for themselves. Exactly. I, I just think that it, we as adults need to do a better job of like not squashing a kid's dreams. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. And, and that, that's the biggest thing that I, I think I learned from being a teacher is the difference between a supportive environment versus small minds. And I think we've all going through school at one point or another had a teacher that told us, you know, we were stupid for dreaming this, or we would never achieve that if we couldn't, you know, get through basic algebra and so, yeah, forth and I know. so on. So tell us about the newest book that you released, which is called Nosy Rosie and the Secret Surprise. What is this one about? I think this one's one of my favorite books, honestly, because I think there's a lot of subliminal messaging that is for adults. And I think that out of all my books so far, I see myself in this one the most. And I think that's because it was my life experience that was really in Nosy Rosie and the Secret Surprise. Um, Nosy Rosie and the Secret Surprise is the story of an elephant named Nosy Rosie, where the only thing bigger than her heart is her curiosity, or rather her trunk, that seems to get its way into everyone else's business. You know, it's often where it shouldn't be, you know, and no one quite knows the reason why, but Nosy Rosie hates secrets and she hates surprises. She thinks they are the worst of things. And so quite often she knows anything and everything about anything, everything and everyone <laughs> in the jungle. And one of her favorite places is the library. She has read every book in the library, large and small, big and little, from picture books to instructional manuals. <laughs> she has read it all. You know, she was front row cheering on Sully the day that he won the annual jungle race. She was the one that helped, um, she helped Trish the Fish build and read every book on planes, weather, science, gravity, everything. And now it's time for Nosy Rosie. And the thing about Rosie is she doesn't know anything about herself. And the reason why is because she was so busy trying to figure out everything and everyone else because she hated secrets and surprises that she didn't realize the biggest secret surprise of all was who Rosie actually was. You know, she's nosy Rosie, but she didn't know anything about who she was, what she was good at, and why. And all of this comes about when nosy Rosie gets the opportunity to write a book. Nosy Rosie gets the opportunity to write a book because she has read every book in that library, like we said. She has her favorite seat. It's Nosy Rosie's favorite seat. And then she gets the opportunity to write a book because no new books are coming to the library, Vicki. None. Not for a while. So there goes Rosie's favorite pastime, right? So she starts making a list of all the things she can write about. And one by one, she has to scratch each and every one out. This is stupid. That's already been done. Well, I've never actually done that, so how can I even write about it? Pretty soon, she has more questions than ideas. And then pretty soon, she has no ideas at all and just looming questions, question after question after question. So she comes up with the brilliant idea to start trying anything and everything she can get her trunk into, figuring that once she finds something she likes or something that she's good at, she'll have something to write about. And then she can be the first elephant 
with a book published in the Jungle Library. Well, the idea, that idea, it sounded very good in theory until she realized that she was good at nothing. Nothing. As much as she loved eating desserts, she could not bake. <laughs> she could not roller skate. She could not model in high heels like Piggy Sue. Pretty soon she had even Piggy Sue falling down too. She couldn't knead the dough and she, uh, doctors and police officers, well, she didn't really like shots and thermometers. So pretty soon she had nothing. She was down to nothing. She hadn't seen her friends in months. And that was when she started to realize that something was wrong. And so as the story continues, her friends start to see Nosy Rosie become less and less and less of herself until they realize that in order to get their, their favorite person back, their Nosy Rosie back, they have to do what Nosy Rosie does best. And that is make her be nosy. And so through this journey, and I won't spoil the end, um, Nosy Rosie goes on this incredible journey of figuring out who she is and why. And, and through that, she learns that she is the biggest secret surprise of all. And then perhaps maybe secrets and surprises aren't all that bad after all. And through that, she becomes the first ever um, elephant and best-selling author. And she writes, what does she write about? She writes about the stories of the furred herd. And that's where you get the fantastical, nonsensical adventures of the furred kind. And I think oh it's amazing. <laughs> that is so cute. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You'll be right back. All right, guys, I have some exciting news. I want to welcome Sensible Meals as one of the newest sponsors of the Excuse Me podcast. I can relate to this company in so many ways, and I'm so thankful for them because the last thing that I want to do when I come off the road from All Elite Wrestling is to think about going to the grocery store and making meals for the whole week. And they take the stress out of everything. They are a meal prep service that provides fresh, affordable, chef-prepared, portion-controlled meals. Sensible Meals only uses FedEx to ship within the USA, and each shipment includes 15 meals, which includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're easy to travel for work, I don't think about it, I don't stress about it, I don't have to cook. I just pick a meal, heat, and enjoy. They also have choice of other meals, which includes extra protein, paleo, keto, or family portion meals. Guys, this means that you eat great for a whole week, and then they allow you on a Saturday or Sunday to have a margarita or have a piece of cake at a wedding. They give you that time to just enjoy your life, and then Monday morning, you get right back on to your meals. So I encourage all of you, go to EatSensibleMeals.com and use the promo code EXCUSEME10. And this code never expires. What? Excuse me? This is incredible. So let's all feel good together. Okay, guys, we're talking with Taylor Hendricks on her three... Uh, published children's book that she is uh, letting us know all about. Um, Taylor, what is the, what's the process of the publishing process? Is, is it a long, is it longer with a children's book than it is say like a, a fictional book or autobiography? Um, I haven't actually done an autobiography yet, but I'm actually uh, working on one. I've actually been penning ideas down for my own. I've been thinking about it for a long time. And I'm also writing a book for adults. It'll be my first like, like psychological thriller. And oh. I started that in high school and I'm super excited. It already has a cover. I think the biggest thing for me that's been the most difficult is because one of the things I'm not good at and I have no problem putting this out into the universe, I cannot draw. I can draw a fish <laughs> and a treasure box. That's it, that, that's it. You can draw a stick person. Maybe, maybe. You know, my mother can draw all these incredible, amazing things. She paints, she can draw. My mother actually wrote a book uh, when she was a teenager and she finished it in time for my 13th birthday. She's so artsy and multi-talented. Me, I can probably be multi-talented, but drawing is just not one of my strengths. So I think the the most challenging part of the process has been the illustrations and or covers for my children's books. 
because you can't really use um, stock photos for those, you know, especially when you have such unique ideas like a sloth racing in a race car, you know, um, and, you know, a, a, an elephant, you know, peeking over a fence trying to see a secret surprise party, you know, those aren't really stock photos. So coming up with an artist who can see your vision and make it make sense, but also cost effective so you don't have to raise the prices for the parents. That was, I think, the most difficult part. You know, if I was, you know, oh, if ahead, I could do ahead. it myself, it would be different. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a publishing agent or do you have a company that works with you or are you just submitting these on your own and seeing who picks you up to publish the books? All on my own, but that makes you appreciate it a lot more. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, uh, let's see, there was one more thing. Um, are you going to be working on any future children's books that are going to add to the series? Oh, yes. Um, Peggy Sue has her own story that will be coming up soon. Um, it's called Peggy Sue Wants to Be Just Like You. Um, oh my gosh, how cute. <laughs> yeah, it's based off of one of my little piglets that was born last year during the pandemic. Um, I love animals, so I rescue a lot of animals. <laughs> uh, it's something that not a lot of people know. I don't talk about it because I'm not like, hey, look what I'm doing. Give me a time. Uh, I kind of just do it in my own time. That's awesome. <laughs> and let's see, we have the weenie and the wolf pack. Um, which is about a dachshund trying to fit into a wolf pack in the jungle. So oh that one's going to be really gosh. cool. Yeah, there's going to probably be, I probably split it into two volumes to keep it um, more cost effective. And what I'll do is when I put the first part of the series into a volume, that'll be volume one. And then it can be hard copy for parents. And then obviously volume two, once I put them all together, will be hard copy. That's awesome. Now, Taylor, you have some other writing projects that you work on, such as the Fightful Wrestle. Is that, that's a, is that a company that you write for, correct? Yes, I'm a freelance writer for them, and I pretty much, they're awesome. Uh, I really like working with them. They're giving me the opportunity to basically still give all of my passion and knowledge because I've been in the business since I was 17. So now I get to write about it, cheer on people and kind of give fans an inside look behind the proverbial forbidden curtain, so to speak, when I'm writing. And it's really cool. I have free creative control and creative license and whatever else you want to talk about. So getting to write about women like Tay Conti or the amazing future of Impact Wrestling, like with Ace Austin or Chris Bay, um, you know, just all kinds of really cool things. It, I feel really blessed in that. It's awesome. I do want to compliment you on your article with Eric Bischoff uh, being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame for 2021. It was a really really good article i thoroughly enjoyed it and you did a really good job on it thank you so much you know i'd never talked about that story before to anybody so um it was really awesome getting to kind of share that vulnerable sort of experience <laughs> in my career and kind of let people know like hey you know people are kind of like onions there's multiple layers to people you know uh and, and that was kind of what I wanted to get out of that article is just share a different side of Eric Bischoff and why I'm kind of happy that he's getting finally inducted into the Hall of Fame. But, you know, also you are, you're being vulnerable at the same time by you're giving a personal side of your own experience about the person you're writing about. And that's, that's really, truly um, a remarkable aspect to your writing because a lot of people on um, that, you know, work for a newspaper or a magazine, they just do articles about someone because they meet them you know, within that first 30 minutes, you are able to give a, a personal side. I thought that was such a great touch to the article because you talked about how you put your hand out, you know, and he actually shook your hand. Like those are things that people that from art and from the fans in our industry don't know those great aspects about that celebrity, you know, and I think that was such a great thing you, you that you highlighted about Eric, about him being very polite with you and, and responding back to your handshake. And thank you for picking up on that. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how that was going to really be received because like you said, some of the, the fans, they are fans. They've never really set foot into the, the back end of the business. Right. So they don't know a lot of those nuances where it's like, oh, if I don't look this person, I, I literally had somebody yell at me in front of an entire locker room one time because I didn't look and look them in the eye long enough when I was shaking their hand. 
you know, there's all these different nuances that fans don't know about. So when somebody who's, you know, so much more successful than you and you're just this young freshly 23 year old girl and you don't know you're like I don't know if I should say hi he's talking to Dixie <laughs> Carter oh my gosh you know I'm sitting here in catering I have no idea what I'm going to be doing I have no idea what I'm doing here I don't have great gear all these women are so spectacularly breathtaking smoke show beautiful like what is going on and so then you have all these things going through your head like you were saying and then he just shook my hand and then that one pause he started to walk away from me and then he paused and he turned around and I just remember him being like Taylor Hendricks and I was like yeah you just met me and then he was like did anybody talk to you about what you're doing yet and and no I hadn't I've been there for hours I had no idea just sticking around and catering going oh my god it's going on uh, no, like hey how are you hi 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 yeah and you know it's like oh are they gonna think I'm a mark or something because you know I was taught to shake everybody's hands but then it's like oh if you shake their hand too hard then you're stiff oh if you don't shake their uh, hand hard enough then you're unsure of yourself and you could be dangerous there's just so much like mind screwing that goes on in situations like that and he was just so kind he was like you know what I'm gonna have somebody get in touch with you and then within 15 minutes, I swear, I'm in a completely different spot in catering. And then here comes one of my idols, Lisa Marie Barron. And that's when I find out that I get to wrestle her in my wow. first ever appearance, not only for like a major company, but also my first ever appearance on like live national TV. That was mind blowing. So it that was so cool amazing. that you picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I follow you, you know, ever since I had you on my podcast, I've been a fan of yours. I watch your, your videos on YouTube. And I just think your work is just really amazing. And, you know, I, I, I don't put myself as, you know, um, that I'm never, I'm not, I don't think of myself as being better than anyone else because I can always learn from someone else's work. And I love how you're very personable and your videos and, and the hard work that you're putting into it. You know, we, we both can share that podcasting is such a lot of work with content and getting guests and making sure that, they show up for the interview and, you know, it just goes on and on. And so I respect you tremendously on, on how you've kept up your, your, your projects and you work hard all the time and it shows. So I just want to give you that compliment to you. I, I cannot wait for this to come out because I will listen to this all the time. You have no idea how much that means to me. Like, oh. like I was telling you, I've never worked so hard in my life and I have never fully loved everything that I was doing until like the last year and a half of my life. So it's just amazing to hear that you are picking up on that and, and see that and respect that. That's amazing. Thank you of so course. much. Of course. No, you're very welcome. Are there any other companies you work with that you write for or anything else you want to promote uh, for yourself to my fans? Absolutely. Um, I'm not at liberty to talk about them right now, but I do have some more writing projects and some other, um, Oh, come on. It's just me and Endeavors. you. It's just me and you right here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm so excited because there are also things that people told me I would never be able to do and I should just wrestle and keep my mouth shut. And now I can't wait to share them. Honestly, I've worked my entire life and dreamed of doing them since I was about eight and 13 years old. Um, wow. But I do have something I do want to give you kind of like an exclusive sneak peek of. I don't know if it'll show up on the screen, but I have it here. Um, I actually have what my uh, first adult book is going to look like. And I briefly mentioned that to you and it's for adults. I started writing this as a high school assignment in my creative writing class. And that teacher has since retired from my local high school. And I found him on social media. And I'm super excited, Vicki, because once this gets published, I want to send him a copy and be like, hey, you inspired me and you know you were one of the few teachers that did not make fun of me for being so dead set in high school that I was going to be a wrestler someday and that I was going to wrestle on television. You were so supportive and you made a point to say, Taylor, don't forget about this. Also think about this. And he was pointing to one of my writing pieces that I had done in his class. Wow. And I want to send him this and, and, and in a way be like, thank you for help inspiring the person that I would, would become someday. And so I want to share that with you because he was, he was so amazing. He let me borrow one of his copies of a really awesome Jack Kerouac book. And um, teachers like that are just so few and far between. So I started writing this book. I'm not sure if it, whispering wall behind these yeah. whispering walls yeah so uh my first like psychological sort of um thriller horror book it's going to be for adults and probably like like teenagers because let's be honest teenagers are more like adults now anyway yeah 
Yes, you're very right. right. Yes. I, oh, I know. I am so reminded. Um, <laughs> so behind these whispering walls is really awesome. I started writing it in high school and I forgot about it until I was going through some old papers when I was moving again for wrestling, like I did all the time. And I found one of my old assignments with his notes on it and his grading and everything. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna make this into a book someday. And fast forward like three or four years and I'm starting to do that. Um, it's based around the 1970s and World War II in the 1940s. And it's about um, this journey where a girl in the 1970s kind of moves into this house and there's a lot of turmoil going on in her family. Um, the house is located in England. And she finds this old notebook sort of leather bound thing in the house and she's like huh there's nothing in it and she starts writing in it and slowly her mental health just starts to kind of decline and they commit her into like a uh, like a 1970s psychiatric ward and come to find out a lot of the stuff that she is experiencing actually previously already happened in the home and what she doesn't realize is there is there is actual notes inside that notebook and that's when you kind of get brought back into like World oh War II my. era England. That's incredible. I, I, th this is so exciting to hear. Thank you. I'm so excited. I have not really got, I haven't really gotten to talk about that yet. So I figured if I was going to talk to you on the Excuse Me podcast, then I kind of wanted to save it for you and kind of give like a nice sneak peek exclusive. <laughs> well, I feel honored. How far along are you in the book or, until you start looking at getting it published? Or is it going to be an audio book? The way that you're you're doing your children's books, or are you gonna make this into a hard copy? Um, it'll definitely be an ebook, and I'm definitely also going to try to make it a hard copy as well. Um, and it will be on Amazon. I am more than halfway. I I want to say, um, and I'm almost halfway into my next children's book as well. So I'm kind of multitasking on top of also doing my podcast on Russo'sBrand.com with Vince Russo, and obviously all my Fightful.com articles. Plus, I'm getting ready to start a talk show. Um, that is something I can talk a little bit about. Um, and I'm also like you were saying about my YouTube channel, and obviously doing all of my social media platforms. So I am a a busy busy lady. <laughs> okay, so let's back up a little bit, just really quick. You said talk show. Is this going to be on TV, or is this going to be like um, on on a uh, like a, a serious uh, channel or iHeart, or where, where is this going to take place? I'm still um, in discussion, so I haven't really quite decided just yet. That is so exciting. I mean, gosh, you went from a wrestler to a children's book author to an adult book, uh, you know, author, and now you're going to be a talk show host. You're, you're knocking it all out of the park. I feel, like I said, I feel just so incredibly blessed. You know, I, uh, I think I said this on your last podcast. I'm not sure, but it really kind of just resonates with me. Um, if you could believe in Santa Claus for five years or so as a kid, <laughs> then you should be able to believe in yourself as an adult for five minutes. And, and that really like changed my life. I, you know, you have one life that you're going to remember and, I want to make it count. I don't want to have any sort of regrets. I worked in a nursing home in my mid-teens and I just saw regret everywhere. And that's one of the scariest things. So wow. um, like I said earlier, I'm betting on myself and just working hard to accomplish everything that I ever wanted and, and still getting to do everything that I already still love. Like I haven't left wrestling. People think I retired. I never formally announced a retirement. I'm just not... Right wrestling during a pandemic and you know that gave me the opportunity to start all of these incredible things that I get to come on your podcast and talk about just huge blessings <laughs> I I am so proud of you and happy for you as a fellow colleague to another one you inspire me and I'm so grateful as always to have your energy and your positivity on my show uh, please let my followers and fans know where they can find you and where your books can be found at, so that way we can plug yourself in. This is your time to plug yourself in and promote yourself. Thank you. <laughs> as if they aren't already tired of hearing my voice. Um, I'm not. It's my show, <laughs> but we'll stay on as long as we need to. <laughs> okay. no, I'm just kidding. Um, so you can find all of my books on Amazon. Um, just type in It's Not Easy Being a Sloth by Taylor Hendricks. Um, a Fish with a Wish is Trish. <laughs> 
tongue twister uh, by Taylor <laughs> Hendricks. And obviously my most recent that just recently came out that was covered with Yahoo Finance and um, Disrupt Magazine is called Nosy Rosie and the Secret Surprise, which we just discussed in length. Um, those are all on Amazon. And then my first book, It's Not Easy Being a Sloth, can also be found on barnesandnobles.com wow. as an ebook as well. Yeah, that was really cool because growing up, my mom used to always take us to um, to Barnes and Nobles as a kid. There was one right near us growing up. So to actually be able to say that I'm on their website is pretty cool. <laughs> they, they always have the best children's area. I used to love to take my girls there when they were small. I was like, I love to just cuddle in the big cushions they had there and just read books yeah. all day with them. See, that's the stuff people are missing in a pandemic. We used to do that at the YMCA. We would make like cute, we used to go to like, consignment shops and you know yard sales and stuff and pick up stuff that nobody wanted anymore and we would turn areas of our like school areas for the YMCA into really fun reading little areas to make it like fun and cool and I think that yeah. just Barnes and Noble's always just knock that out of the park yes <laughs> um you can find my youtube channel where i do q a wednesdays pretty much every week i do some motivational stuff i also give you clips of my podcast talks with taylor Hendricks. so you can find my youtube channel youtube.com slash taylor Hendricks. you can also get personal video messages from me through cameo cameo.com slash taylor Hendricks. and i have a podcast that airs every single tuesday on russosbrand.com um you get my podcast a bunch of uh, Vince Russo's podcast. You get the Beautiful People's podcast and so much more, including people like Stevie Ray um, and, and so forth, all for less than a, a large cup of coffee per month. So that's pretty incredible. Um, so that's russosbrand.com for my podcast talks with Taylor Hendricks. And you can also follow me. I'm very active on my social media platforms. I try to interact with as many fans as possible. So on Twitter, I am at Taylor underscore Hendricks. And on Instagram, I am at Taylor Hendricks ROH. I'm sorry, they're not the same. I say this all the time. There was <laughs> platforms before the real me one uh, was because I'm just not that cool. I'm like a a hipster I don't know <laughs> like the reverse you're cooler kind of now hipster. you're cooler now <laughs> um, let's see um yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. My YouTube channel, my podcast. Um, I am always releasing articles with Fightful.com where I cover people from wrestling who have books coming out, which I want details about yours. Um, yes. I just uh, wrote about Princess Victoria's book coming out. I also wrote about Stone Cold Steve Austin's new book. I also write about amazing, talented wrestlers like Cesaro and Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, Tay Conti, uh, Red Velvet, Layla Hirsch, so, ma so much, so much stuff so many uh, <laughs> so yeah I I really I'm so happy to, to be able to connect with you again and when well, when my book comes out I'll be on your show and I'll I will uh I will catch up with you so we can promote my book but I am wishing you so much success you are an inspiration and such a ray of light and I love your energy and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on my show and I cannot wait whenever you make all those all those billions of dollars on your book. Just remember, I was a little instrument in helping get that word out. <laughs> oh, you are so much more than that. Thank you for cutting out some time in your busy schedule to also have me on here. I was really excited to get the opportunity to share all of these things with you because I remember being on your, your podcast the first time, projecting out there that I was going to release my first book. And I was like, yeah. there's nobody I would rather share this with than you. Oh, so thank you well, for that. Thank you, Taylor. You, you, you're more beautiful than ever and keep doing what you're doing. And we need more people like you in our world just to shed some more positivity and just the brightness you have. And thank you for being my friend, most of all. And um, I, I wish you so much uh, love and success. Wish the same for you. Thank you, Vicki. Bye, Taylor. Take care. Thank you so much, Taylor Hendricks, for sharing your publishing experience on my show. Everyone, I am encouraging all of you, if you have your friends, family, expecting a newborn or have a toddler, please download these books and show Taylor Hendricks some support. Uh, her books are called Nosy Rosie and the Secret Surprise, A Fish with a Wish is Trish, and It's Not Easy Being a Sloth. So please enjoy these books. I know that these are going to be my gifts for some friends that are um, – getting ready to expect newborns, and I have a lot of friends who have toddlers, 
So this is going to be the perfect gift for them. And as always, guys, please, if you have any questions or comments about my show, email me at excusemevicky at outlook.com, as well as show your support by downloading your favorite podcast platform, grabbing my show, subscribing, play, like, comment, do all those fun things. And I appreciate all of you guys supporting me. I am having a blast. I love my show. And it's all because of you guys of how y'all keep supporting me. Also, thank you to my new sponsor, Sensible Meals, who is now offering a promo code if you guys want to get your meals ordered because it's the quick and easy way to maintain a healthy weight loss. All right, guys, take care. Love each other. Be kind. Adios.